This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire. Let's fuck this shit. It's only game. Why do you have to be mad? Why do we say that every time? And it's like we're not live because we're we're not we're not putting episodes out live. Listen, you know how like dads always say like the same weird shit to waiters every time. Yes, that is that's the vibes that we give off for sure. Yeah, I'm not. We literally <laughs> I'm not stop. trying to be sarcastic. Let's introduce our beautiful guests. Welcome back to Puck Bunnies. Um, yeah. It's a show about hockey, allegedly. I'm Audrey. I'm Christina, and we are brought to you as usual by Blue Wire, and this week by Lifeway. We are so happy to welcome. One of my favorite people on earth, <laughs> Laura Saba. Also, like maybe the best radio voice of anyone I know. I, I actually <laughs> we're not gonna let you talk, by the way. Like we're just gonna keep introducing you. Laura, welcome to the show. Laura is the host of Locked on Canadians. That's a daily Habs podcast. And we think what we do is hard. It's not, but she's a queen. Hi, I feel like there's a lot of pressure now to sound good because you said I had that radio voice. <laughs> <laughs> there is actually I, I am I'm gonna you. quit now I can't I'm sorry <laughs> we're gonna have to reschedule <laughs> well you know like when you edit podcasts a lot all you can hear is the shitty parts about your voice so now when I edit the show I'm like I sound like I have a cold all the time and also both of us just have 100% <laughs> vocal fry <laughs> we're not the heroes the world needs we're just the ones that I gotta right tell now. you I love listening to you guys though and I, like your production quality is immaculate. That's not what you can expect from my podcast because it's just it's on every night. So I, I have to do like the best I can in a short amount of time. You guys are just so good. And I'm very excited for how you're going to make me sound. I'm going to be honest. She's going to level up the bass so that you sound like, a, <laughs> like an EDM first. I love <laughs> it. So fucking sick. How are you feeling about tonight? I have to say like all of this is kind of stolen playoffs. It's borrowed playoffs, whatever you want to call it. So I'm very chill, which is really unusual for, you know, Habs in the playoffs. And I was kind of, I was a little bit annoyed that I have to do this now. Like my life has to center around this right. team a little bit longer than I expected it to. But to be honest, I, I love the Flyers. I love watching them. And the, what the Canadians did in the first round, sort of like it made me more excited for the future. So whatever experience the young guys pick up, I think is going to be a bonus no matter how long the series goes. So I'm excited. So game one of the Habs Flyers series is tonight, but I want to start at the beginning. Tell us about <laughs> how you became a Habs fan. What's the origin story there? Yeah, where did you get radioactive stuff on you? Like, what's the deal? 
that's it. I only if only I got superpowers, but what is <laughs> right. <ended up> happening? <laughs> Actually, it's somewhat similar to Christina's story because it, it was because of a guy, but I have not heard from him in like twenty years. That's <laughs> literally all all men are good for is introducing you to sports through osmosis. Exactly. <laughs> or other things, you know, like whiskey or whatever. But yeah. really it was I started watching hockey and the first game that I ever watched was the one where Saku came back from being treated for cancer and everybody was crying, everybody in the audience was crying, everybody at home was crying. And that was my first exposure ever. And they ended up winning the game and making the playoffs. So to me, it like it couldn't have happened at a better moment because it was just like a movie basically. And and that was it. I started getting really into hockey and, and now I just kinda wish that it didn't happen so often so I could go outside sometimes. <laughs> That's awesome. This is your first season of doing this like daily podcast. And I completely see where you're coming from when you're like, oh, that's great that they made the playoffs and I have to keep doing this every single day and half of my life is revolving around this team. Have you had any moments where you're like, I cannot believe this is happening? Yeah, no, absolutely. I think a lot of it is just you kind of have to laugh at the randomness of it just because when we first started the show we really wanted the canadians to make the playoffs and do really well and and we thought all right that's how we're going to find success is if the team is exciting but the team was not they had two eight game losing streaks in one season i keep saying that everybody's like i forgot about that laura you keep bringing it up i'm like because it happened listen it happened <laughs> the stars are on their second slide so it happened to everybody sometimes you lose 10 games and that's fine that's allowed. Yeah. So the daily structure of your podcast means that you are probably just as clued in to the Canadians' movements as anybody else. Yeah. How do you perceive the team going from the very lackluster year to just suddenly popping off? How does that feel to you as someone who's been covering them every day? So I've been saying all year long that they're a good team. I wouldn't call them elite. I, I would say that they had some bad luck. They can't finish, and they've got some issues on defensive coverage. So, And I have to say also, during those eight-game losing streaks, there was a little bit of struggle in goal as well. So Carey Price is now back to being the Carey Price, Price from yeah, yeah. Carey, from six or seven years ago that you know makes everybody cry. And that, that has a lot to do with it because he really did struggle in the regular season. Mm -hmm. He was inconsistent. And so the other thing is that they've decided to play more cohesively in the neutral zone and the offensive zone because that is their strong suit. Yeah. So I feel like they've kind of given up on their own end and hoped for the best. We're just going to score a bunch and see what happens. <laughs> and then Terry Price will do his yeah. thing. It'll be fun. It'll yeah. be great. Exactly. That's a totally fair strategy. In my Honestly, yeah. <laughs> Better than some teams. Yeah. And so I think it's it's worked out really well because Carey Price has been able to keep the puck out of the net. And honestly, once they get you in the neutral zone or your own zone, you're pretty much fucked. Like, they're really good in that area. That has been so crazy because, you know, I have watched maybe like two Habs games this year. <laughs> but the one thing I come away with every time is they just are constantly, and this is the most overused cliche in hockey, but like they're constantly putting pucks on net. They are addicted to shooting. And that is has worked out for them. Yeah, shoot first team. It's incredible to see it working in, in the year of our Lord 2020. 
<laughs> because like I see like the most skilled teams are just obsessed with passing, but the Canadians, they just create so many more chances for themselves. And I think that's going to be an X factor, as they say, in this series. Carey Price, no longer an X factor. Fuck Carey Price. Shots I hope we all are goalies. <laughs> you know how I feel about goalies. Forwards only. Let's go. That one guy, Jonathan Druin. Let's go. <laughs> yes. He's actually, he's kind of found himself over the last year. I don't know, like before Spiritually. this, he had a lot of, <laughs> he had a lot, there were a lot of questions about him, whether he was committed or lazy, you know, like the, the generic narratives that you mm-hmm. hear about players, because he's really talented. But I think what we realized this year is that he's really one of those people that it's in his own head. And if he feels good about himself, he's going to do good things. And you could even see it in the Penguin series. Like the first couple of games, he was two in his head. He whiffed on the puck on a penalty shot. Like it was just, it was, it was not pretty to watch. And then the, the next couple of games, like once he got, you know, a little bit of success on the ice, he started playing really well. So he's really one of those people that like psychologically, if he's dialed in, you're good. If not, you're kind of screwed. And again, this is why all hockey players should be seeing a really good sports psychologist. (laughs) Yes. You would not have these issues. (laughs) So I have a question now that we are bandwagoning the Habs. Hard. You are? Yeah. Why not? (laughs) Everyone loves an underdog. We don't want you to suffer for any longer than you have to, Laura, obviously. But it would be very cool to see them. And we love the Flyers, too. It's just like, you know, you're always going to root for the underdog in these situations. And Carey Price, so, so pretty. So nice. So nice. Very, very pretty. Yeah, I agree. But are Habs fans? Question mark. Are they? Welcoming? (laughs) What's the vibe? What should we know? (laughs) It's it's been really weird because for the last, I don't know, three, four days, all we've been seeing are people saying Flyers in four, Flyers in five. And that's all. But like some people are like flyers in one. And so I think Canadians would be really, Canadian fans would be really excited to know that like people are at least rooting for us to be happy, even if you're being realistic. And I got to say, like, the, the Flyers are a really good team, and they're not somebody that I would have picked. They're not a team I would have picked to match up against because, like, these two teams play each other really well. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like the series based on that is going to be a little bit more even because the Flyers are so fast and skilled, mm-hmm. and the Canadians kind of are able to trap them in the neutral zone and control play a lot of the time. So I think that it's going to be, I'm, I'm hoping it's not dull. But anyway, you're welcome on the bandwagon. Yeah. And one of the things that I've been watching for that hasn't happened, I've been really excited, is Habs fans mad at Gritty. And I've been like trolling Gritty's mentions all day and <laughs> nobody's freaking out at him. <laughs> it's impossible. He's just, he's too good. He's too lovable. More people love Gritty than love the Flyers. I'm pretty sure he's just like a, yeah. another level above. And you say you're worried about having a boring series, but the way I see it is they trap them in the neutral zone, but that means it's really easy for the other team to get a breakout. So like yeah. we, we could see a ton of really high scoring games mm-hmm. or it could be insanely boring. And I really hope it's it's the other one. Yeah, I'm pouring all my emotions into this series because yes. I I cannot pay attention to Caps Islanders. I can't do it. It's going to be so boring. Right, and I can't watch the Stars extend their losing streak by another seven. So, <laughs> or four, I guess. <laughs> I can't even go into this right now. Let's talk about the freaking Habs! We were talking a little bit about the Penguins and thoughts and prayers and all that stuff. What surprised you most about that playing round, either about the Penguins or about how the Habs played? The first thing really was the Penguins didn't really seem to have any answers for the issues they were having. You could tell they were making a lot of mistakes and they had they, they had lots of issues. And 
people say Carey Price stole that series. I completely disagree. I feel like the Penguins shot themselves in a foot. And when you're the Habs and you're the less talented team, you really need to take advantage of every single mistake they make, every single opportunity they give you, like literally everything. And what surprised me really was Claude Julien's adaptability because that's something that I expected from Mike Sullivan, not Claude Julien. He broke up the top line, which was one of the best five-on-five lines throughout the regular season despite the Habs' result. So I think what surprised me most was my own team's creativity. Like I'm not about to say they suddenly became talented. I'm not about to say they suddenly solved all their issues. But they were really, really smart. And I was not expecting that because we were getting really frustrated during the regular season, night in and night out, seeing issues that they weren't fixing. And that's so interesting that you bring up the fact that they're targeting the insecurities of the opposite team. Because I just noticed for me, maybe I'm getting smarter at hockey, but I think it's actually just because I'm seeing so much, so many games back to back, is that the lesser teams are so much better at sort of exploiting the other team's weaknesses mm-hmm. because the Bruins are always going to play what the Bruins play, right? Pasternak's always going to be on that team. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it just leaves these huge gaps for teams like the Habs to really come in and screw with them specifically during the playoffs because this isn't something that you can recreate during the regular season. And I think that's why we see so many Stanley Cup winners who are just like, who? The Blues? Okay. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Don't play hard, play smart. Exactly. Because you can't. Like, you're not yeah. big enough and you're not talented enough. You've got to be smart. Who do you think was the standout MVP from this first round? Definitely Nick Suzuki. Oh, I can't baby. say enough about him. <laughs> he's adorable and he's so good. He's, he's unbelievably good. He obviously, one of the things that happened was he ended up becoming the first line center of the team. But he also scored, I think it was two of the goals. Uh, if I'm not mistaken against the Penguins, I've like forgotten the series already. Right. But he was really able to, like, whenever you saw him get the puck, you could tell he was able to see like three, four, five plays ahead of the game. Mm-hmm. He was able to outsmart players that have been veterans, like Stanley Cup winners, Conn Smythe winners. He was able to outsmart them. And I think that this was really his breakout. It was a breakout season for him, but the series was really like his, his landing, I guess. And it's also, I think, going to be so cool to start seeing more players like this coming mm-hmm. up. It's like, oh, yes, we are thinking with our brains. We're, we're strategizing. <laughs> we're actually strategizing instead of just throwing our weight around and seeing who we hit. Exactly. We want present hockey players, not reactive hockey players. I don't know why we <laughs> high five. That was really weird. That was a really good point. <laughs> Christina, I heard that you received your Brooklyn and Sheets recently. I did receive the drop, yes. And what did you think? You know what? They are exactly as great as I thought. So I got a duvet set, cheap bundle. They are the softest pieces of bedding I've ever had. Have you gotten yours yet? I got mine. I was so excited, opened up the box. My cat immediately got in with them while they were still wrapped in plastic. So I feel like that's a great endorsement. I got the classic sheet set. Um, and then I also got a duvet cover and the smoke stripe. They are so pretty. They are so clean looking and absolutely the highest quality sheets I've ever owned. <laughs> and also the most affordable for the price. It feels like I'm going to bed in a hotel bed every night. Just... A nice hotel too, not yeah, like no hotel. Best Western. <laughs> I liked their products so much that I went back on the website and I bought two pairs of their loungewear shorts and they are incredible. They are so cute. You are wearing them right now. I know, they look like grown up Sophie shorts if you were into those. You can use our promo code BLUEWIRE to get 10% off your first order and free shipping at brooklinen.com. 
You can find bedding extras like blankets, fabric care, and loungewear. And if you have any questions, there's always a friendly Brooklyn rep ready to chat about any and all questions. There's been over 50,000 five-star ratings and counting on this stuff. Plus two more. Two more five-star reviews from Christina and Audrey. Brooklinen.com, promo code BLUEWIRE. So for the people who don't know, Laura, you live in Montreal, correct? I do. How is the public at large like taking this really exciting turn of events? Is there hype? Is there honestly, I gotta tell you, I don't really know. <laughs> Just because I've been one of those people that's almost strictly observing all of the rules that are going on. But what what you generally tend to see in the spring when the Canadians are in the playoffs mm-hmm. is everybody's just happier, they're less crabby. And I'm seeing, like, I think a lot of the things, too, is that right now people are allowed to go to bars, but there's distancing limits, Mm -hmm. there's, like, last call is capped, all of that kind of stuff. So I don't know if people are really enjoying it the way that they normally do, just because, in general, in Montreal specifically, it's a communal activity. Watching the ads in the playoffs, like, everybody's going to be going to the bars, people are going to be sitting outside on what we call terraces, which isn't even a word. It's just like, it's a patio or a terrace, but in Montreal, it's called a terrace. Cool. A t- a t- it's t- really t- one pause. of those weird regionalisms that I love. A terrace. Emphasis <laughs> on the ever heard. <laughs> we could have known this. So we were supposed to go to Montreal for the draft in June, and we were supposed to hang out with Laura for like four days straight. And obviously... That did not happen. Because we're trapped in America forever unless someone wants to marry us in Canada. Yes. Laura. <laughs> I'm saving up for a place, which uh, hopefully by the time you guys make it here, I'll be able to host you guys. Woohoo! So I'm very, very excited. Talk to us more about Nick Suzuki. Why is he your favorite boy? He's really just... There's something just about how chill he is on the ice. Like, he stole somebody else's roster spot in training camp. Like, Ryan Halen got injured, and he kind of stepped up. And he's been doing that all year. Whenever there's a gap in a higher line, he started out the season on the third and fourth. And then whenever there would be a gap, whether they put him on the wing or at center, he was just, like, taking up the opportunity and just basically skating circles around everybody else. And it's been such a long time that we've had a playmaker on, on the team, somebody who's like really you can trust to be exciting and smart and and see plays ahead of him. And he seems to be like such a like a gentleman kind of guy. Every everything that you ever hear about him, he doesn't seem to be an asshole basically. And I think wow. that that's a really big thing when it comes wow. to hockey players. The what bar concept. <laughs> the bar on the, is on the floor. But hey, it's in the baby month that once you step over. That's right. <laughs> so you have been following this team very closely. What is the most zany storyline from this season? This team? Honestly, like, they're just like a bunch of dorks. They haven't done anything exciting or interesting. Like, it used to be the Canadians used to party with the mob. Yeah. And, like, that was always a scandal, like, whoa, in whoa, Montreal. Whoa, whoa. They would go to the clubs and they'd be friends with people that you didn't want, you know, yeah, they didn't want to be in the in newspapers Montreal. with. Yes. <laughs> So there's like the actual, like the traditional mafia, and then there's like all these other kinds of mobs, and there's also the Hell Hell's Angels, and I don't really know anything about organized crime. I just know Montreal is a hotbed for it. So. Holy shit, I gotta get to Montreal. I'm ready to run some schemes. 
I wanted to ask you about the Kotkinemi storyline this season. And that for me has kind of sold me on the Habs as something that's really interesting about the team. And also like to see this guy who people thought, oh God, he's not meeting his potential. We're not going to get anything out of him. And now to see him improve so quickly in the playoffs, what's that been like to watch? I feel really vindicated because it's only his second season mm-hmm. in on the team and he had a really good rookie year. And then towards the end of it, he kind of started running out of steam. Like, I guess he wasn't used to playing as much. And then when he came back, for whatever reason, he just he couldn't get his head straight. And there was an article like way later, I think it was during the pause, about how he didn't really take the Canadians' advice the first time around. In his first offseason, they told him they wanted to take skating lessons. They told him they wanted him to get bigger, all kinds of stuff, because he's definitely talented. And so this year, like he went away for four months and came back and was like, everyone knows that the knock on me is my skating, so I'm just going to go ahead and I'm going to take lessons. And, and I think he took bigger skating lessons with another one of the people on the team. I think he worked really hard for four months. He saw it as an opportunity. He bulked up and he did what they told him to do. And he came back and he stopped fucking around for lack of a better term, I guess. Well, he's 20. And all I did when I was 20 was fuck around. So it's only human nature, I guess. <laughs> Right, especially if you live in Montreal, like it's so hard not to party. It's so hard not to have fun here when you're in that age group, I think. So, and it happens to a lot of young players. Like a lot of players will come to Montreal and be like, is this guy a bus? And it's like, well, no, he just didn't do the work, you know? Like there's that development period that you're still going through even after you make the team. And in this case, I think he just, he did the work. He's come back and it's so exciting to see him play because you can see that his face, like on his face, He's seen joy now. Like he, yeah. he was struggling really hard before he got sent down to the AHL. He's enjoying playing hockey. And I think that's just, that's so exciting. I like him because he's a cancer and it, we actually don't have a lot of cancer hockey players. <laughs> His birthday is like July 3rd. And I would just like to say delayed happy birthday to him. You were talking to me earlier about how so many Habs players are Leos. Oh, X-Factor. And you're also a Leo. Oh, yeah, that's the X Factor. That's why, <laughs> oh my God, if you, listeners of this podcast, are you a Leo? Here you go. Lot for you here. Which players are Leos? So I actually wrote this down before we started recording because I didn't want to forget. Like, this is literally the only prep that I did. And so it starts with Dale Weiss, who, whatever, he's not even going to be on the team next year. We're hoping he doesn't even play against the Flyers. Carey Price is the most important player on this team, and he's a Leo. Caden Primo is going to be the next Carey Price, and he's okay. a Leo. Okay. Mark Bergevin is a Leo. Shea, Shea Weber is a Leo. That's hot. Uh, Xavier Ouellette is a... And then we've got Jordan Wheel, and of course, Nick Suzuki. That's nuts. That's like... They must all just peacock around each other all the time. They're just like constantly petty Inter- squabbles. Interrupting each other's <laughs> stories. And, like, that was so annoying. It's good competitive spirit though. I Like my theory is just that they gravitate towards the team because the team wears red. Like, I, like that's my that's my theory. Yeah. Oh my God. They're like fish. They're like, look at our pretty outfit. They look so nice. We're an original 16. <laughs> like you didn't know. Yes, exactly. Like literally that. <laughs> How relieved were you that the Pens are not picking first in the draft? I honestly would have set something on fire. I don't know what. I'm very glad that I didn't have to decide. But I would have been so angry because I would have been like, I was mad enough at the Penguins for losing that series because now, again, my schedule is just crazy again. 
But if they've gotten that first overall pick, like I would have called shenanigans. I would have found a way to sue the league. It's rigged. It's rigged. The whole thing's <laughs> like, rigged. It was, it was not going to be pretty. It definitely would have been rigged. If, if the Penguins had won it, I would have been like, there's no way. So what does the draft look like for Montreal now? So if they lose against the Flyers, they drop to 16, okay. which isn't terrible because they have 13 picks. So if oh. they, say, wanted to move up to, I don't know, 12th or 11th or even 10th, uh, if they wanted to move up a little bit, they've got things to trade away. So it's not so bad. I guess the, the question, the big question happens if they win against the Flyers, which I, I'm not even prepared for that. Because I think at that point, they dropped down to like the 23rd or 28th. I can't even remember. I just... I blocked it out of my mind because I was so sure they were going to be yeah. the ninth. And, uh, and now, so it's not as easy to like move up to, you know, first overall or get a top five pick. But if you've got enough picks, you can move up a few spots. If, if there's a guy that's going to go at 10th or 11th that you want to take, I think that, I think they're in a good position, but I would really have rather, you know, Alexis Lafreniere. <laughs> <laughs> Last but not least, let's talk about Carey Price. He has had an insane resurgence Mm -hmm. over the past couple of weeks. He's like thriving in the bubble. I think what happened was he got a lot of rest because I don't know if you know who the Montreal Canadiens backup is, because I'll be honest, I've been covering this team like five days a week for an entire season, and I don't know who the Canadiens (laughs) backup is. So I think it really depends on him having a chance to rest because you could even see in the regular season, like he played back-to-back nights sometimes, which is almost unheard of in hockey. Your, you know, your backup has to be injured for you to be playing back-to-back nights. Right. And so he played so much over the course of the season and he's been doing that for the last couple of years as he's declined and his stats have declined. And I think it's really just the fact that he doesn't realize that he's now, I want to say, 33 or 35. I can't remember. And he's still got the talent. You can tell he's still got the athleticism when you're watching him play. He's just freaking tired. Like, he needs to rest a little bit. And so I, I think that's definitely, I mean, don't we all? Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, I think that what the Canadians need to do is get him a reliable backup so he doesn't feel like he has to play as much. Because as much as they tell him to sit down, I think if he thinks that he's going to be the difference maker for the team, he's going to insist on playing. And he is that kind of guy, which like the team, they don't really say no to him. He's their big star. So I feel like if they get a reliable backup, his I'm not going to say he's going to go back to being, you know, 2012, 2013, Gary Price, but he's going to be much better than he has been in the last couple of years. And I really just think that he loves the playoffs. He loves playing in high pressure situations and he's had four months of rest. So I think he, he's going to be okay. He loves the playoffs. He loves playing in high-pressure situations. What a Leo. That sounds like a Leo to me, for sure. (laughs) Well, Laura, thank you so much for coming on. It was... Thank you guys so much for having me. Laura, please, is there anything in particular you'd like to plug? Yes, actually, I I keep forgetting to do this. My co-host on the podcast suggested that we do a money-on-the-board type thing during the playoffs to benefit relief efforts in Lebanon. So I'm going to just plug my own Twitter account because I pinned the tweet at the active stick on Twitter. And essentially what we've done is we've decided on certain parameters that whatever ends up happening, we're going to donate that amount. So I'm already based on the penguin series up to 126 us dollars nice. based on carry price being brilliant. Um, Cause I, I pledged a dollar per carry price save. Anyway, uh, I, I found a series of links that people can donate to because I know a lot of people 
they might not want to donate to one particular organization. They might have questions about it. So I put it up. I posted it as my pin tweet. There's an entire thread and we encourage everybody to pledge and join us. And somebody already made good on the first round actually and, and, and sent me a receipt last night. And I just, I, I started crying. I was just like, I can't believe that people are getting on board with this. That's so, so awesome. That's what I would like to plug, the money on the board. Laura, thank you again. It was so nice to see your wonderful face. And beautiful hair. And beautiful hair. Which I specifically washed and styled for you guys. Thank God. That's what we expect. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Love you. Bye. Guys, that was Laura Saba from the Locked on Canadians podcast. Thank you so much again, Laura, for coming on. We're so excited to get insanely over the top into the Canadians Flyers series. It's going to be a good time. You guys can call in or send us a text with your questions, suggestions, ideas for next episode at 774-318-6952. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at PuckBunnies underscore pod. You can also follow us on Instagram at PuckBunniesPod. Please remember to rate and review us on whatever platform you choose. You can also throw us some money at patreon.com slash PuckBunnies. We will see you next time. This has been Puck Bunnies. Bye! Should I ask her to get slow? I don't know. I should offer a anecdote about some place I used to go. My